Thank you for tuning into Air and Earth, the podcast that lifts you up and keeps you grounded. I'm your host, Melissa Moffat, and I'm here to share some information that I've found helpful in my own life, as well as interview people on topics ranging from self-love of body, soul, and mind, social, environmental, and animal justice, mindfulness, business, relationships, ethics, and so much more with the intention of supporting you on your healing and growth journey as you strive to love yourself, those around you, and the planet just a little more. Before we dive in, I want to ask that if you love this episode and can't wait to listen to the rest of the show, please do me a favor and leave a review, or you can take a screenshot of the show, post in your Instagram story so I can reshare and give you a big thank you, or just send me a message letting me know what you think of the show. I would love, love, love to hear from you. This show wouldn't be possible without the support of a few sponsors, the first of which being Okay, it's me. (laughs) If you're like me and you love personal development, I know you'll love my newest resource, The Growth Guide. The Growth Guide is a 12-day program that uses guided meditation, journaling prompts, reading exercises, and growth exercises on a specific topic each day that will leave you feeling inspired, rejuvenated, grounded, and ready to take on the world with compassion and love. Here's a review of The Growth Guide from Hannah. My anxiety and my negative self-talk had begun to spiral out of control before I started looking for methods to help me heal and grow. After experimenting with meditation and journaling, I dove headfirst into Melissa's growth guide. Within the first few days, I noticed a change in how I felt about myself and the way in which I spoke to myself and a change in the way I viewed the future and my anxieties. Melissa's meditations are beautiful, positive, uplifting, and the messages and prompts that come from the guide reinforce her teachings. My sense of self-confidence and my hope for the future is returning, and I'm growing into the person I know I can be. You guys, I am so excited for this guide. This guide was put together using the tools that I have learned over the past 10 years in my own healing and growth journey, and I'm so thankful for you all listening in that I wanted to give you a deal Use the code PODCAST10 at checkout for 10% off your order of anything in my store. I have the link down below as well as that code listed in the show notes. Remy Morimoto Park is the New York City-based blogger behind Veggiekins. When she's not developing incredible plant-based recipes, she's sharing about her evolving story of wellness including her struggle with an eating disorder and mental illness at a very young age. She is now a full-blown health goddess as a sober vegan yoga teacher. Basically, this woman has gone through it all to come out on the other side doing it all. I've been following her for a while on Instagram. You all know how much I love that plant-based food porn. And as someone who has seen the people who I love go from substance abuse to sobriety, I really love how open she is with sharing her story, and I know that her story is super powerful for the people who follow her, and I can't wait for you all to hear the story. So, Remy, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited to talk with you because I've been following you for a while, and I just really admire how open you are with your story and, of course, all of the beautiful food you create. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat this morning. And yeah, it's been funny because I feel like we've been following each other for such a long time. So I love this. (laughs) 
I know. I love it, too. I can't wait. It's so fun to be able to, like, have these conversations and get to know someone even better after you've been, like, following them for a while. It's really fun. Yay. So we'll just dive right in. So let's start off with your vegan journey because you're veggiekins. You, a lot of what you do is recipes and sharing your food, which you're, oh my gosh, if you all don't follow her, I mean, I'll have her link below to go to her Instagram. Her food is beautiful, and the food <laughs> on her website is freaking beautiful, and I love beautiful food, and it, like, it's, it's amazing. So, tell us about your vegan journey, how that all started for you, and then how did you get into sharing your food? Yeah, so um, it's funny. I actually started my Instagram as purely food only, and um, it started off because I was working with a therapist who healing eating disorder, and so sharing the food was really like more of a personal thing for the days that I wasn't able to make it in to see her to kind of do like a food log and hold myself accountable and show her like here's what I'm eating, here's what's on my plate. Um, it was a lot easier than writing down, you know, like how many ounces of this and that I was eating. So that was really it. I had one follower. It was her. <laughs> and, um, it kind of happened at the same time. I think uh, initially, I think that I had gone vegan a couple years ago prior when I was still deep in my eating disorder. And I really just used it as an excuse to stop eating a bunch of things. And a lot of people didn't really know what it meant. I didn't even really know what it meant. So I was just like, oh, I can't eat that because it's not vegan. And they're like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. You know, so that was like mm. the best cop out for a really long time. Um, but when I started to get questions about it, it really encouraged me to do my research so I could kind of um, back myself up. <laughs> so that's kind of when I started to learn a little bit more about, you know, the health, the environment, the ethics, the animals, of course. Um, and it wasn't until far later into college when I started cooking my own food that I noticed that cutting out dairy made me feel a lot better. And so I kind of stuck with that. I was like, let me try completely dairy-free for about a week. Um, and I think it was because I was looking for dairy-free recipes, a lot of them happened to be vegan already. So I was like, you know what, let me just try completely vegan, no animal products whatsoever. And after about a week, I tried to eat, I think it was like um, chicken breast or something like very minimal, like a tiny bite. And I felt this like, just like a very different energy. I felt very sluggish. I felt like mm -hmm. a change in digestion because having eaten just plants basically for an entire week, I felt like, oh, that felt really good and this doesn't feel good anymore. So I was like, you know what, I guess I'll just keep going with it. And ever since then, I've basically been vegan. Um, and I, I would say at first it was definitely a selfish thing, you know, it was for personal health reasons. Um, maybe in the past it was to restrict food, for example. Um, but the more I learned about it, I became connected to it. And I think that's why I stayed vegan more for like the ethical, um, the animal, the environment. So that's been, um, it's been about almost five years now, which is crazy. Oh my um, gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. But the food's been fun. I think it's just, it's um, kind of my way of sharing it with people. Um, I think there are enough people out there doing the kind of PETA style, like go vegan and showing animal cruelty stuff. And it's not really my style. I'm kind of like, here's food that you can eat that's delicious. It's beautiful. Mm. Um, and it happens to be vegan. So if that speaks to you, then try a vegan meal, you know? So mm -hmm. yeah, it's been um, fun, but I love doing it. I think it helps me appreciate food and enjoy eating. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah, I kind of had the same philosophy. Like, I'm all about, like, let's talk about, you know, how the animals are treated and the environmental impacts and stuff. But it's also fun to be like, look, we eat delicious food too, guys. Look <laughs> yeah. at my freaking chocolate cake. Like, 
I'm not, I'm not being deprived here, just so everybody knows. Like, it's delicious. Yeah, sure. That's awesome. And your food definitely looks so delicious. So how did that kind of transform from you just sharing your own personal meals to creating recipes and having this, I mean, your, your Instagram following is, it's almost to a hundred thousand, right? So like, and you have the blog and everything, how did it transform to this being like your career? Um, so I was doing it really for fun. Um, and then after college, when I graduated, I had my first job. Um, I worked for about three months and I was still doing everything on the side. So it kind of became, you know, I guess like the expectations that I'd set for myself were just like the growth. Um, it was like, I have to like post every single day. I have to do this and that. It was really like something that I loved doing. So I didn't mind doing it, but I definitely put in a lot of energy into it every day. And then I would go to work and it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't, um, an ideal job at all. It was like one of those, like, six to like sometimes 9 p.m. It could be like five to like 7 p.m. It was like very varied, but not a lot of sleep going on. Um, so in addition to doing that, I was kind of like at this breaking point where I felt like I'm starting to revert to old habits again. I don't feel healthy and yet I'm blogging about health every day. I don't feel like I can do both. So I took a break from work. Um, I had full intentions of going back, but ended up not going back. And I think because I had the time and energy again to put more into the content that I was sharing, um, it just started to grow. And from there, I was like, you know, this is actually sustainable. I can do this full time. And I never feel drained, even though I'm probably working more than I was before. <laughs> At the same time, I never feel exhausted because it's just things that I love and enjoy. So um, that was kind of the weird transition for me. It was completely unexpected. Um, and it was about, yeah, it was about a year ago in January last year. Um, yeah, but it's, it's insane. I think what helps me a lot, though, is having a background in photography because I think there's so much value in being able to provide quality content and having a skill set that, you know, brands can see and be like, okay, not only do we want to work with you, but we also want to use your photos or can you take some photos for us um, for our personal use and things like that. So I think that's how it kind of got started. Um, and it's just been, yeah, it's been great. I have no regrets. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. What's your photography background? Um, so in high school and middle school, I used to do portrait photography for fun and oh. self-taught. Um, and then I also did like art and I would like to do things where I would do like photography and like turn it into like half photography, half painting. And I just always loved working with cameras and stuff. And so mm. I think just having that knowledge and having a camera even, I think makes a big difference because not everyone, you know, invests in a camera, but I guess because mm -hmm. that was something that I loved, it was just helpful to have. And I was like, okay, like it's all here for me, you know? Mm, that's so awesome. And you clearly really have an eye for it because not only are your photos super beautiful, but just like your whole, like your feed and your blog, everything just kind of goes together. Like the colors are really beautiful. You have these like light pinks and these like, <laughs> it just all looks really beautiful and it looks like very you. I feel like it's, it's like really your personality that the whole like aesthetic is just so beautiful. I love it. Oh, thank you. Um, Oh, yay. So I want to talk some more about your background and the things you share. Um, I'm someone who also shares about, you know, I struggled with mental illness from a young age, too. I think we kind of connect on that. Um, and I was wondering if you would talk about your experience with with mental illness and growing up and and now kind of how you've transformed over the years and how you're now using what you've been through to 
connect with others and let people know that they're not alone and that they can also transform and and use the hard stuff they've been through for good. So I was wondering if you would just talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So, okay. So there's a couple things. Um, so I guess I had a really great childhood. I had an amazing upbringing. There was nothing that was ever wrong with my childhood. My parents were great, but I think um, there's definitely a part of it that's just biology. Um, mm. So for me, um, I have had OCD since really, really young. Um, and it used to man- manifest itself in more of like a kind of like a tidiness organization type of way when I was younger. Um, a lot of like issues with obsessions over like safety, for example, where I would wake up in the middle of the night and like lock the door and go back to sleep and not remember whether I had locked it, even though I definitely did. <laughs> and I would like get up again, make sure it was locked, go back to sleep. So little things like that ever since I was young. Um, and I think that is like the basis of a lot of the things that I encountered later because it all has to do with control, I think, for me. And so you see a lot of, um, I guess, a lot of people have OCD and then also have anorexia later on. They're very similar in a lot of ways in the sense that you're, it's all about control, um, restriction, routine, um, obsession, things like that. So I think that part of the reason why I um, experienced an eating disorder was definitely in part just the way that I'm built, you know, the way that my brain functions. Um, and, you know, these are like two things that I really don't have an explanation for. Like, I can never pinpoint why they started or why it happened. But um, after that, I guess it was just like a series of bad patterns and like habits because none of it was really targeted when I was young. None of it was, um, I guess, treated when I was younger. So I just kind of went on and it started to manifest itself in other ways. Um, so, like, you know, acting out, skipping school drugs, alcohol, um, and I think also moving overseas had a big role to play in that because I was living in a city where there was a drinking age, but you could go to almost any club without an ID and just show up and pay what is probably about $20 US, and it's like open bar totally, which is crazy because I think at the time, the first time I went to a club, I was maybe 14, 15. Um, Where did you live? I lived in Shanghai at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So everywhere I lived in Asia was kind of similar. Um, Taiwan was the same. Bangkok is like that too. And it's just, um, I think part of it is that like we don't have as much to do after school either. So that's kind of like what we do for fun. And it was so normal and accepted um, that it didn't seem weird. Like even my parents, after a couple of years of living there, they were kind of like, yeah, I guess that is what the kids do here. You know? So like, I guess, Mm -hmm. I guess you can. Um, You know, I had a really, really (laughs) strong suit for lying to them about it though I would always make sure that I was like 100% in good health when I came home but when I was out it was terrible and I think that's really when like the alcohol and drugs started because it was just a routine um and I'm also very introverted so for me it was helpful to cope with a lot of like feelings I didn't know how to express or rather than feeling introverted and like unable to socialize I would just kind of use it as a crutch so I think that's what kind of happened um and then there was a lot of like self-harm and stuff that had gone on so it was really just like a lot of negative energy like all at once and I think it was junior year when it all like crashed down at the same time which is a lot of high school yeah in high school Mm. um and it came to the point where I was like you know what like college doesn't really matter like I don't really care what happens after this and so I stopped going to school um stopped doing like homework and I'd always been very studious but I was like it doesn't really matter like I don't I couldn't even imagine a future that I was like it doesn't matter I don't care about college I don't even want to apply I don't care about the SATs like nothing mattered um but I'm so lucky (laughs) I did get into college 
And I think it was like at that point that I'd realized that would have been such a big mistake had I not gone to college. And from there, I really invested in, you know, let's fix this eating disorder. Let's work on it with the nutritionist. Let's go to therapy again. Let's fix, you know, what I can. And that's kind of when everything started to change. Um, but I think that without all of that, I don't think I would have been drawn to wellness because I always feel like people who are in this wellness community, the majority of us come to this place because we've experienced something negative, whether it's something emotional, spiritual, um, mental, or physically being unhealthy. And so I'm always grateful that I've experienced that. I also feel like that's why I'm such a grandma inside now because I've experienced all these things so young. Um, but I'm glad I did and kind of got it out of my system when I was younger because now I feel like I can really fully enjoy life and um, yeah, it's just, it's crazy to think about it. And also saying it out loud, like 14 year old, right. It's crazy. But, um, yeah, I think it's just a combination of like biology and environment and yeah, I don't know what I can say, but I'm happy that it happened, I guess, in a weird way, because now we're here, now we're chatting, you know? I know, I know. I totally feel the same way. Like all of, we kind of have some similarities. Mine, my depression was, a lot of like environmentally based um and I also like kind of hit rock bottom right around my junior year of high school like 16 years old and now looking back I'm like I'm thankful it happened then because I was still in you know like an environment where I had support and I could pick myself back up and thankfully it didn't go on for too long um I got help, like, relatively quickly, mm-hmm. and and now it's, like, I'm 10 years past that point of, like, my lowest low, and it's, like, okay, we've had this whole time to, to get past all of that and work on all that and figure out tools and get to know myself, so, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that, that you're here talking and sharing your story. That's awesome. Um, so, right around the same time, you were kind of once you were going into college, you were starting to get treatment for your eating disorder and starting to go to therapy. Is that around when you entered into sobriety as well? Did that that all kind of happen at the same time? Yeah, I guess it it really did. Um, I think a big part of it too was having gone vegan, I could really feel everything so much more because I was actually healthy for once. (laughs) So if I were to have like a sip of alcohol, for example, it would just hit me so much harder. And I, I mean, I never had a high tolerance ever. I would have Asian glow immediately. I would be like a couple drinks and I was like, wow, I'm really gone. But the second I went vegan, I really felt like every little thing that I did to my body, I could feel it so much more, which was a blessing and a curse. But I think that's really what helped me kick the feeling because I would wake up the next day and be like, I don't want to feel like this. I feel like a day or even two days after I would drink or have like a night out, I would feel the effects and just feel... Um, so unproductive, very sluggish. And that, I think, alone, to kind of avoid feeling that way, was enough to help me kickstart the beginning of my sobriety. Um, I think substances were harder just because you don't feel necessarily like a hangover immediately. You don't feel, you know, you might not get like a red glow in your face. It's just, um, in a lot of ways, a little bit more subtle in terms of like side effects. And so that was a little bit harder for me, especially I feel like in college when it's so normal. Um, Mm -hmm. but I really spent a lot of my college time kind of like alone and I'm lucky that I went to college in the city because I didn't have to be on campus 
Whereas I feel like if I was at um, an actual like college campus, it'd be a lot harder to be a little bit more withdrawn. Um, but I think that was really helpful for me because I didn't feel like I was confined to this college community or this environment. I could go to a museum, I could go downtown, I could see my aunt. So that was a really nice sort of break to have an option to be off campus. Um, but yeah, it was great because my campus actually had um, on-site counseling, which is where I started working on my eating disorder seriously. Um, and so I would go and see her about once a week. And then on the off days, we'd like do little Instagram things together. Um, and also it was at the same time that I went vegan and there weren't really many options in the cafeteria. So I started cooking for myself. So it all kind of like happened all at once, um, which is really nice because I think it's great to feel like you have this like clean break, a clean start. Um, and it all just kind of fell hand in hand. So it was probably <laughs> one of the best turning points in my life so far at least <laughs> mm, that's so good I'm so glad that happened for you so then when did you start because you're a yoga teacher too you do you do a lot of amazing things so when did that start to come up for you getting interested in mindfulness and yoga and then you know going through a teacher training and all of that so that's actually, it's interesting because that didn't happen until fairly recently. I got my certification last summer. Um, my mom had been certified for a couple of years already by then. Um, but we actually, I mean, in my household, we are very Christian. And it's not to say that like, yoga is not religious, but we didn't really practice anything outside of Christianity. It was very much like we go to church. Yoga is kind of like, okay, it's cool, but, you know, it's like kind of, it's, you know, they're chanting, this and that. Like we didn't really dip our toes into that at all. Meditation was not anything that we were interested in whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas now, you know, my mom and I, my mom especially, I would say she's doing like Reiki, she's doing healing. Um, I would say I'm a little bit more crunchy granola, she likes to call me than she is. <laughs> that I also feel drawn to crystals. We've got like our salt lamps going, diffusing essential oils, you know, all of that goodness. Um, but a couple years ago, we really didn't do any of that. And I think it was because when we were younger, my sister, um, I think that, like, we believe that she's a medium, and my mom, she's very intuitive. I don't know if I would say she's an intuitive, but she's very, very intuitive. Um, but we kind of, we kind of didn't talk about any of that because as someone so young, to have that experience or connection to things that you don't understand is so, um, it's stressful, it's traumatic, it's kind of scary. You know, she would wake up with nightmares a lot most nights and it was a lot for everyone to handle because we'd have this like crying baby all the time we like didn't really know what to tell her so we thought you know she's young enough we can kind of tell her let's just you know this is all imaginary don't worry about it it's not real like just remember what's real and what isn't and I think because of that we really kind of put the hold on like yoga or anything that was really spiritual whatsoever my sister is very very drawn and connected to Christianity I think for the same reason because it was something that she felt like she could hold on to that was good um, that wasn't scary for her um, but I think for the same reason like we didn't really explore any of that spirituality so it's not to say that we weren't allowed to go to yoga but it was sort of like yeah like yoga's all right but like it's just a workout and things like that whereas mm-hmm. now I feel like we're all older we're exploring a little bit more and around the same time that my mom started her yoga teacher training was when I started like my healing and started to tap into that spirituality a little bit more so you know we've got we've got everything going on we've got Palo Santo we've got a Himalayan salt land like everything's in the clear now but it's funny to reflect back on that because a couple years ago we were very much on the other side where we were like no all of that is like hippie stuff we don't mess with that you know that's not (laughs) that's not what we do 
Um, yeah. But yeah, we're all very much open to that now, which I think is incredible because our energy is so different as a family too. And so mm. seeing that change has been great. And I think it's, it's just conducive to healing as well. Mm. Does your family live in New York City too? Like, do you get, it seems like you get to like see them a lot and like hang out with them and are close to them. Yeah, they so they live in Asia. Um, I moved back for college and they stayed in Asia. Oh. Yeah, but my youngest sister, she's in New Jersey in boarding school, so I'll see her a little bit more often. Um, but I do have extended family here, so it's kind of nice. I feel like I've got some support here, um, but that's why I travel for the most part, to see them. Mm, okay. Well, okay, so you're now you're a yoga teacher, you're a food blogger, you share about more than just food, you you do a lot, and you kind of have this, like, diverse platform that you share. So what are some of the the highs and lows, like the challenges and the great things about having such diversity in your platform? I think starting out, it was helpful because at the time, I think there weren't as many vegan people out there, just in general. It was kind of like a weird thing, uncool, you know? Um, and I think that helped me a lot starting out because when it came to, for example, brand work, um, it was easier to target vegan people. There weren't as many. The pool was smaller. So, I mean, when you think about it from a bigger picture, my blog, I mean, I have a, a substantial following, but I think also when you think about how big it can be, it's really not that much. Like there are bloggers that are like 300,000 and up and that's kind of like the norm too. So I think um, what helps me is having that niche. And for the same reason, I think my content won't appeal to everyone, but at the same time, the people that it does appeal to are a lot more engaged or interested or it's just Mm -hmm. a lot more relevant Mm -hmm. to them. So I think that's definitely um, an advantage and can be a disadvantage sometimes. Um, And sharing the other things though, I think that kind of came later and I'm glad it worked out that way because in the beginning, I would notice if I posted something that wasn't food, it was kind of like, nobody cares <laughs> because that's what they came for, food. And I was like, who's this person? Like, we didn't even know what she looked like. But <laughs> I think that was the beginning of it. Instagram stories, people were like, oh, like, I didn't realize that you do yoga. I didn't even know what you looked like. Can you share a little bit more about that? And it all kind of goes hand in hand. So I started to share a little bit more of that, um, some wellness stuff, healing stuff. And for me, it's always been very easy to be vulnerable and open on Instagram because that's really how I started. I would be even more open than I am now, um, just talking about like, oh, you know, today was really hard. I didn't want to eat this muffin, for example. Like I would go into full detail and I was so comfortable doing that because it was specifically intended for that. So I think that that's why now it's so easy for me. Um, It's a little harder with, I guess, more eyes on you. So as it grows, it becomes a little bit more intimidating because it is the internet, but I am still introverted and I feel like it is still energy being put out there and energy being received, even though it's through the phone. Um, so yeah, I just try and stay grounded and make sure that, you know, I feel like I have enough energy for myself that I'm not putting out too much. Um, you know, I'm sure you feel the same way, but it's like even comments, DMs, it's a lot. Um, so Mm -hmm. I just have to make sure that I have enough energy for myself so I don't feel drained. And luckily I'm sure you can relate to, but luckily it's such a welcoming and kind and supportive community that I often don't feel drained at all. Mm -hmm. I feel full more than anything same yeah I definitely feel the same way like when you (laughs) you said earlier about you're probably working more but you don't feel like it I definitely feel the same way I like I feel like yeah I I put a lot of like time and energy into this but it's all so fun it's so fun and I'm just really thankful for it and like 
also the people we get to connect with too. It's it's just been an incredible experience and yeah, I love it. It's something I'm really grateful for. Everyone, I'm popping in really quickly because I have two announcements. The first one is, if you haven't already heard, I am starting my first ever immersive course. It is a two-month program called Worthy. And if you're listening to this in real time, it starts March 18th, which is three weeks from today. It is going to be absolutely amazing. I'm so freaking excited. I've completely just been pouring my heart into this for what feels like quite a while now, and I'm so excited to get it out into the world. So this program is all about, you guessed it, worthiness, right? <laughs> and it, it is about loving yourself, embracing who you are, knowing that we have an innate worth in each one of us, and we have power inside us to do all of the things we want to do in life, and we have gifts that we can share with the world to make the world and the planet a better place. So if you're someone who is going through a transitional period and you're kind of questioning and having difficulty trusting life, if you're feeling a little unsatisfied in your career or your relationships, but you're not quite sure why, and you're not really knowing how to get back to that feeling of appreciating life, maybe you're struggling with anxiety or depression and you want some methods and practices that can help you feel relief with those things maybe you you know in your heart that the way to move forward into feeling worthy and taking those big steps into doing the things you want to do it's all on you <laughs> maybe you're ready you're feeling ready and you want to do the work. You want to open up. You want to invest time into yourself, energy into yourself, because you know how that investment into yourself will multiply tenfold and you'll be able to give to others and give to yourself in ways that you've never thought possible. Maybe you feel like you have a calling for service. You love giving to others. You find joy in helping the world. And you want to be able to have the capacity to do more of that in your life. And maybe you're ready to appreciate how beautiful life truly is. And you want help and community to get you to feeling grateful every single day. So that you attract even more incredible stuff into your life. That is what this course is going to be all about. It's going to be a eight-module course, so every single week we'll be covering a different topic. Topics include letting go, you are enough, appreciation of self, others, and the planet, your why, expansion, dreams and desires, beliefs and thoughts, and last but not least, action. Within those topics, we will have guided meditation, visualization, there'll be a live seminar, there will be videos explaining the topics, there will be journaling prompts, reading exercises, other relevant exercises, and of course there will be an incredible community of people who are all supporting you, having your back, sharing their own stories. The group is starting to come together. So far it's an incredible group of people who have 
just so much power and so much beauty in their hearts. And I can't wait to see how everyone blossoms and grows. And you are invited to join if you want. It's going to be amazing. So if you want to know more information, I have a ton of info on my website. If you look under courses, it's all there. I'll have it linked below as well. It's going to be absolutely incredible. Um, and yeah, I would love to have you on board. So if you're feeling like this is something for you, feel free to go read about it. If you're feeling some resistance, which is totally normal, anytime I've ever done anything that was really good for me, <laughs> so like taking my yoga teacher training, um, anytime I've booked myself a flight, anytime I've invested in some sort of education for myself, like I've done... I've done these kind of programs. Right now I'm in a year-long course for women who are embracing their power. Anytime I've done anything like this, especially if a lot of money is involved, it's kind of scary. You know, you're like, what am I getting myself into? Am I going to feel a reward for this? It's normal to feel that resistance, but know that you have to put in energy. You have to put in investment. You have to put in time in order to get, get the rewards. So if you want to chat about it, feel free to reach out to me. I would love to talk to you and get to know you a little better. Uh, there's three more weeks to sign up. It's going to be incredible. So come join. The next thing is also, again, if you're listening to this in real time, on March 30th, if you live in the Southern California area, if you don't live in Southern California, feel free to skip through this unless you're wanting to travel to Southern California. My friend Mandolin Badger and I are going to be hosting an event in San Diego. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yoga, meditation, journaling, food, live music, uh, just lots of fun stuff. Oh, learning about environmental issues, learning about taking care of the ocean. It's going to be beautiful and fun. So March 30th is the date for that. If you're listening to this on the day it comes out, which is... Monday the 25th, we don't have signups open yet, but we will in a few days. If it's been a few days and you're wanting to come, go check my website. We will have information there, how to sign up. Come, it's going to be awesome. And let's get back to interview with Remy. Do you think, so you just said that you're, you feel comfortable being open and vulnerable on the internet, do you think that has that has impacted your healing journey as well? Like having this platform to share your story, how has that impacted your your own healing? I think it's definitely helping me a lot. Um, last year, I did, I guess, a series of blog posts about sobriety, particularly, and that was it was a little scary because it was something that was a little bit more in depth than just like the caption link. I did 10 different blog posts all about it and really went into depth. And it's a lot of things that my parents didn't really even know necessarily. So I think what was helpful for me was knowing that people that I knew in real life would read it as well and made me so uncomfortable because I don't know why, but I'm comfortable sharing with strangers on the internet. But when it comes to people that I went to high school with and I see that they've like liked a photo or read something that I've written, I'm like, oh my God, I like my Instagram and like, I don't know why. Um, it's really weird. Same. <laughs> But my parents do watch my Instagram stories and they read everything that I write. And I think 
subconsciously I kind of use that as a way of communicating to them as well and like here's the full picture here's what really happened and we've never had a conversation about it but I think that them being able to read that they know and it's just nice that they know um and kind of in the same way that talking is therapeutic I think that writing can be too um putting it out there almost feels better than saying it out loud in a weird way because it's just like all right I'm letting it out and writing about it and not only that but using it to empower others or just let people know that it's not an uncommon feeling and that you're not alone in any feeling that you have um so I definitely think that social media has helped me a lot um and when it comes to like eating disorder things for example there's a huge community of people supporting each other when it comes to eating disorder recovery that are on Instagram and um that's like there are a couple people I've connected with since like the beginning of my Instagram I have no idea what they look like I don't even know their names I just know their little handle and we'll like DM every now and then check in on each other so um yeah there's definitely some really incredible people out there it's almost like internet dating but better it's kind of like for finding friendships I feel like because I think that people are so good about putting themselves out there and you can tell more about them based on like their photos like what are they doing every day like how do they spend their time do they go to museums for example do they have a favorite yoga studio I think you can really learn a lot about someone through Instagram um and I think for that reason I feel so close to people much more quickly because I'm like oh my gosh I'm reading her mind today you know what I mean it's just like mm. it's a really nice thing to have I think yeah it's interesting because like I mean, just for example, like you and I, this is really one of the first times that we're like chatting face to face, but <laughs> it's like, I just like know your story and you know my story and we know that like, that we would be great friends and, and we can kind of have those connections all around the world. Like there's been times that I've traveled and there's someone who I've, you know, like maybe talk to a couple times through Instagram, but I just know I love her. And then I go hang out at her house for like five days and it's amazing. <laughs> it's such a cool, cool thing. And yeah, so so when you share these, you know, you said you did like a 10 part sobriety blog and you've also shared, you know, about eating disorders and things like that. Things that are, that are super common, honestly, with people, but you know, people are getting more and more open to sharing about it um, slowly over time. But for a long time, it was kind of people didn't really talk about that stuff. So what kind of what kind of feedback are you getting from people whenever you share these really these really personal things? That's a great question, actually, because I feel like it could go either way. Sometimes I'll feel um more drained than anything because there's definitely a community that still follows me that is still struggling and I can tell based on the feedback or the messages they'll send me where you know I wish I could help everyone but at the same time I'm not a doctor I'm not a nutritionist mm. well, I will be a nutritionist soon but I'm not specialized in eating disorder recovery and so I really can't speak to anything in terms of advice or this and that and it's funny because um there are definitely people following me who are still in that mindset and trying to get out, but the energy that they put out is different because, I mean, it is a mental thing, right? Like your brain is literally different when you have an eating disorder. The way you see things is distorted. Your perception is just off. Um, so for example, I'll get questions about, you know, if I'm wearing like a piece of clothing and saying like, oh, I just got these leggings today. They'll be like, oh, what size did you get? Like, can you tell me so that I can buy the same size? And I'm kind of like, I've never even said how tall I am on the internet. You have no idea how tall I am or like, 
what my size is. And it's hard to tell from a photo too, right? Because it's, it's mm-hmm. Instagram. Um, and they'll keep pressuring me. And I know that it's because they want to know like what my size is now and things like that. And so there's like this, it's a, it's mixed feelings, I guess, because it comes with that burden too. Like you do have to encounter some of that. And at the same time, it makes me stronger because I can identify those patterns and habits and be like, okay, I know exactly why they're saying this. And it's not coming from a place of, you know, um, bad intention. It's just pain. And that's how I used to be too. So, um, I do have that side of it where I have to deal with a little bit of that every now and then. And definitely when I open up, um, I think they feel more comfortable sharing. Um, and it's almost like, you know, when you talk with someone who has like the same bad habit as you and you're like, you can kind of share and open up about that. And you're like, Oh my God. And it kind of like almost eggs you on in a weird way. Um, like I have a friend, for example, who also went through an eating disorder and I had to kind of separate myself from her a little bit because I noticed that whenever we hung out or had dinner together, of course we would bond about the experience, but we would kind of revert back to it because we were like having such a great time bonding over it. So we talk about like, Oh, like our favorite, um, you know, like tricks for like restricting hunger or like suppressing hunger and things like that. And then it would like kind of happen. And I'm like, oh, this is like, we can't hang out. You know what mm, I mean? Mm, so there's a little bit yeah. of that in a sense, but at the same time, it's teaching me to protect myself and be strong about it, which is good because um, it's going to happen. And the more that I grow, I think it's going to happen even more, more messages like that. Um, but for the most part, it's always kind and supportive energy, whether it's someone who can relate or who has been through it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, people are generally so supportive. And it's funny because last night I was telling someone that the community that we're in, whether it's yoga, wellness, or kind of like healing and energies, um, people are really kind because they're also seeking healing and just good energy. Yes. Everyone is in the pursuit of the same thing. Whereas in the fashion world, it's it's just a lot more brutal out there. And I never realized that because Mm -hmm. we're so lucky. We don't really get any hate. I would say we don't get any negative comments at all. And I can't relate. Like people will be like, Oh my gosh. Like sometimes I'm afraid to read the comments because they're so mean. I'm like, I can't relate. Like people are so kind. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody just says like happy things. Right? Yeah. (laughs) I think we're really lucky in that sense, but it is a little bit of a bubble. And every now and then I'll be broken out of the bubble when somebody wants to, you know, find out what my size is or how many calories I'm eating, just like little things like that. Um, or if like a video of mine on YouTube, YouTube is a totally different place, but if a video of mine, um, reaches people that are outside of that bubble, it's like a little bit of a wake up on like, Whoa, okay. (laughs) Not everyone is on this wellness journey. Not everyone is like seeking light. Mm -hmm. So, um, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, yeah, we're, I think we're really lucky. Instagram is such a beautiful place and everyone is so kind, at least for us. (laughs) So I'm really grateful for that. And I'm sure that, that, you know, by you sharing about everything you've been through, if someone's kind of still there, they're also getting, they're getting those seeds planted too, that they're like, oh, there can be more for me than this. I can, I'm seeing Remy go through like her healing and all of that. Maybe I could do that too. So, I mean, I'm just such a huge fan of people sharing their stories, whether they have a large platform or not, because not only is it helpful for us to kind of talk about things and it helps us become okay with what happened. And once we're kind of okay with what happened, we can move forward a little more. And, but it also, on the other side of it, past just what it does for us, it helps other people too, because people can 
can say, oh, like, I connect with that. That's what I'm going through, and look what she's done. Maybe I can try to go to a nutritionist. Maybe I should go to therapy. And it just really gives people permission to to do the things they need to do, you know, and to see that there's there can be more. So what would you recommend to someone who maybe is still in that place and they're, they see you sharing their story? I've had this question before. I'm not sure if you've had it. I kind of, like, assume. But people are like, how how can you be so, like, open and vulnerable with, you know, you have an audience, but sometimes it's even scarier when you have not an audience, you know, because you haven't had that practice yet. So what what would you recommend to someone who's like, I'm thinking about talking more, I'm thinking about getting help, I'm thinking about sharing about it on my social media? Yeah, what would you recommend to someone? So I think what can be really helpful is I actually started my Instagram like I had a separate one. I have a personal one that I haven't posted on in years, which is just like, you know, the usual like pictures of like my ice cream and my cat and what I did today. And then I started this separate page, which was helpful in a sense because it was like, this feels like my dedicated place to share. It feels like I'm following people who support me and people who are following me are here for the same reason. So if you need to create a separate account, I feel like that can be really helpful. Um <clears throat> And it's nice to know that when you're on that account, it's almost like, okay, I'm in this new mindset. I'm in this new space where it's okay to share and play around with that, whether it's anonymous or not. Because I think even sometimes writing an anonymous um, blog post, for example, can be scary too. Because it's, I mean, the internet can be Mm. scary, for real. But, um, you know, whether you do like something anonymous, for example, um, or you just write it down on a piece of paper even to just kind of practice getting it out. Um, You can talk to yourself in the mirror. It sounds weird, but... It's all, it's all good practice. Yeah. And if you have trouble, I think in person can be scarier sometimes than online just because it's in the moment, it's instant. You, it's just so much more expressive and emotional. Um, I would sometimes write letters first and either give that letter to whoever I was trying to speak to um, or send an email because they have time to, to digest it when they're in the right mindset to digest it. And you can say everything that you want to say without holding back on anything. Because I have a really hard time saying everything that I want to say in person sometimes. I'll always be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I I have a really hard time with that. So instead of sugarcoating or skipping over or downplaying whatever it is that I want to say, writing it out holds me accountable. It's like, it's written there. I can't take it back once I've written it down. And so sometimes that's really helpful to just, like, hand someone a letter. It sounds so old school, but it's just, like, the easiest way to get over, I guess, going back on your words or, like, missing out one part or making it sound less than it is, you know? Yeah, yeah. that's that's really great advice, honestly. I, yeah, I do all of those things. But it's stuff that, like, it's tools that you kind of have to learn, you know? Because sometimes when we're in that place and it's like everything still feels so dark, it's like how do I even begin to deal yeah. with this? So those are those are really great tools. So I think it can be really freeing just because you it forces you also to like live your reality 
off the screen too. Once you put it out there, mm-hmm. for example, for me, um, I have, I still have a very hard time talking to people from high school because it wasn't really a great time in my life. And I feel like a lot of the relationships I had were, um, not healthy. Um, uh, but it forces me to have those conversations. Like every now and then I'll have someone from middle school or high school and be like, wow, I just found your Instagram account. I had no idea. And this is really amazing. Like you've changed a lot. And like, I'm really proud of you or whatever. Like would love to have coffee or chat. Like, like I can't, I can't, I can't. But what's been so great is like, I have no choice but to talk about it. I can't be like, oh no, like it's just this thing I do because it's all out there. Yeah, it's just a hobby. Right. (laughs) Creative writing. No. (laughs) You know, like, so now when I meet with them, I can't downplay it at all. Like this, that's my reality. That's what it is. I have to be open with them just as much as I am on Instagram. So I almost feel like social Mm -hmm. media is practice for real life sometimes. Um, Yeah, it can be scary, but you can also delete things. So, you know, try it. (laughs) See how you feel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, like you just said, it really helps you kind of, like, accept and then own your story. Mm-hmm. And then over time, it's like, and, and it doesn't have to be through social media. Like you said, it can be through talking to a therapist. It can be through talking to yourself, through journaling. But over time, you're like, okay, these are the things that made me me. These are the things that I'm slowly becoming grateful for because they've helped me embrace this this power of like empathy and connecting with people and and it also helps you learn what you love to do like I I kind of find that a lot of people um when they form a business around their passions when when their passions become what they do all the time it's usually the hard things in life that have kind of steered them toward what they're passionate about for sure. So, like, like for you, it was, like, food and, you know, your health. And now you you get to live that out every day, inspiring people and talking about wellness, talking about healthy food. And that's, that's amazing. That's awesome. Do you also feel like you're an empath? I feel like you are. But I'm just assuming. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a big yes. part of being on Instagram and just being open because I think sometimes we don't realize that we are doing healing work just by sharing our story. It's It can be therapeutic for others and therapeutic for ourselves as well. But I think, too, at the same time, it's difficult because we have to be careful about setting the boundaries. Like, I have always wanted to help people ever since I was young because I had gone through those things. Um, when I was in college, I studied psychology and I was like, I'm going to become a psychiatrist and I'm going to help people and counsel them. Mm-hmm, nobody has to mm-hmm. feel the way I feel. But I realized that I was too much of an empath to be helpful to anyone at all. Like I would cry with them for sure and be unhelpful. Like it would just be, you know, I would absorb everyone's energy. I just wouldn't be able to handle it. I would probably make them cry more because I'd cry with them. And I realized like I can't <laughs> yeah. do this. I can't be a psychiatrist. So I changed, um, my career shifts a little bit, but I think that we are doing healing work, whether or not we realize it. Um, mm-hmm. But we always have to kind of be careful about how much we can give and where's the border between giving like your full self to people to try to help them heal versus like protecting all the healing work you've already done on yourself. I don't know if you feel the same way, but that's a thought that I've had. I, I do. My, my self care practice <laughs> is so strong just because it does take 
you know, we're constantly in DMs, like, and comments, and a lot of it's about, like, deep personal right. stuff. You know, people send messages about, like, what they're going through, and, and it's a beautiful thing, but it does take a lot of time and energy. So I spend so much time just creating space for myself and really investing in myself so that I have I have the space to be able to hold that space for others through my platform and now starting to be in person through like retreats and teaching classes and things like that. But yeah, you definitely can't pour from an empty cup. That's what, you know, everybody says that and it's a hundred percent true. Like it just makes sense. Do you, is is that how it is for you? Do you have like a strong self-care and taking time for yourself and? Yeah, for sure. I think, I think setting boundaries has been really helpful for me too. And just knowing that at a certain point you have to, I guess it's like, don't overcommit to whether it's connecting with someone, um, don't overcommit a little bit too much because at a certain point you've built this expectation that like, Oh, she always replies to like DMs and comments that I do. But I guess the breadth of how much I'm willing to go into every time just depends on how much energy I have at the moment. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a tough thing, but I think just by being there, we're holding space for others to hopefully feel comfortable yeah, to share true. themselves as well. Yeah, and that's why, I mean, like you said, yeah. I feel like I know you so well because you are so open and we can gloss over the small talk or sort of like, I don't want to say meaningless comments, but I do have some friends who blog about fashion and stuff and she's like, man, I wish that people would comment things about my energy or like how positive I'm looking lately and things like that. But all I get is like, a heart eyes emoji or like cute shoes. And I'm kind of like, wow, I really tried to get deep with that caption, but they just care about my shoes. You know what I mean? So I think mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it's definitely a blessing because the connections that we're making are so much deeper um, than maybe yeah. most people would have. But it's intense too. Yeah. It's a lot. That's, I definitely feel that way. Like my platform, you know, it's interesting, like, comparing. You know, I have a relatively, I have a large enough platform that there's, like, plenty of people, but, like, compared to some, like, really large accounts, I, like, don't have as many followers and things like that, which I'm, like, totally cool with. But it's interesting, though, because I feel like once you get into really sharing personal stuff, the like you said, the bonds just go deeper, you know, because people are really connecting with you for you and your heart and your soul and your story right. and not just like your your style or your where you're traveling. And it's great to I think it's great to be able to have both to be like, this is what I love to wear. <laughs> like, this is all that. But also, like, I'm a human. We're all humans. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's great to have to have both sides of it and at the end of the day it's always nice to have someone come to your platform for you um it's I think it takes a little bit of pressure off of knowing that like I don't have to be wearing a cute outfit or I don't have to be doing something crazy people are here to connect with me as a person like you are your brand and I think that's so cool um whereas you know like maybe they're coming just for food which was the case for me in the beginning for sure like I'm just coming for food only um, I'm just here for like, you know, the clothes you wear. I'm just here for vegan tips. Like that's it. And when you post anything else, I'm like, I'm out of here, you know? So I think making that transition to you can be difficult, but definitely being so personal with your Instagram 
makes it easier to, I think, live your brand and be such a big part of that. And you become your brand. I think that's such an incredible thing. Like we get to be ourselves and that's basically our job. I mean, to put it simply, mm-hmm. but like, you know what I mean? It's incredible. That's awesome. So what would you recommend to someone who is like, I could see myself eventually wanting to make my passions and use this incredible like internet tool to be my full-time career. Like you have done so well with that. So what would you recommend to someone who is wanting to kind of follow that similar path, even if it's about, you know, something different, not necessarily food, but just what, whatever they love. I think, um, I think definitely the first step would be trial and error, you know, just give yourself room to play around and don't commit to any specific, whether it's like a look or an aesthetic or anything, don't commit to anything right off the bat because you just never know how things are going to go. There's so much out there these days that you just never know whether it's going to be something that's a little bit too saturated and there's too much of, or whether something you share is going to really hit like a niche where there isn't much there and there needs to be more of that. Um, And also being willing to separate yourself from the brand now and then. Um, For me, I feel like I'm very connected to everything that I share. But for example, on YouTube, I feel a little bit more disconnected than I do on Instagram because the platform is so different. And my experience on the platform has been so different where it's not really personal. Like for whatever reason, people will always refer to me in YouTube videos as she. And like you realize I uploaded the video, right? Mm. Like it's me. Uh. (laughs) I see you saying that. And it's so funny because they'll be like, where did she get her shirt? And I'll reply and I'll be like, oh, she got it from here. No, like, it's just weird. It's weird. <laughs> Whereas Instagram is so personal um, and people realize that. So I kind of have shifted the way that I view every platform. Not everything that works on Instagram will work on YouTube for me and vice versa. And I would say on YouTube, I'm a little bit more disconnected from my brand. It's not about as much like mental health. It's not as much about my personal journey. It's more sharing what I believe in, but kind of in a subliminal way almost through videos that are like more entertaining Mm -hmm. because that's what really works on YouTube. Um, So I think if you're willing to do that and that's great because you're, you have to kind of be flexible in terms of what works on different platforms. How much are you willing to be flexible, I guess, to make things work versus how much of you do you want to remain in it? So it's, it's kind of like, you know, when people start a business and a lot of times like CEOs have to remove themselves a little bit from it because like they take everything so personal because it's their baby, you know? And it's like, Mm -hmm. you have to be willing to Mm -hmm. part with that a little bit if you really want to make things work as a business. So I think it's finding the fine balance between building a brand, I guess, and creating a space for yourself. And if you can find that like happy medium in between, I think that's perfect. You will be happy. Everyone will be happy. Your business will thrive because it's authentic and it's you and it's, it's, yeah, it's real. Um, But again, I think at a certain point you have to kind of find what works. Like maybe you feel the same way, but I know for a fact that avocado toast will always work. (laughs) <laughs> like, I don't really eat avocado toast all that much and I don't think it's interesting it's not a recipe I'm kind of like look I don't want to take pictures about avocado toast and maybe you feel that way about like handstands you know what I mean like there are certain things that all oh yeah but yeah. you're like damn like I really want to share what I want to share today but you've got to mm-hmm. play a little bit of that if if you're looking to make it I think a business and something that really thrives it's it's a fine balance of like not avocado toast every single day but maybe once in a while because it is something that people are consuming. You have to give them a little bit of what they want. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it is like a fine balance of like, like, 
doing what what we love and what we're passionate about and like sharing exactly what we want but also being like okay what what will be most beneficial to the people who are like coming here to to follow this platform because like you wouldn't have the platform to share what you want to share without the people who are there watching it so it's like you kind of have to do both and a lot of times they they really like do line up because you know your people came to you based on what you were sharing and you were sharing kind of what you knew and what you loved and that evolved over time but it's always kind of going back in and checking both sides being like am I sharing what I love and like is this also resonating with people right like listening to your audience I think and like asking them what they want even sometimes is great because sometimes Mm -hmm. we're so off like you think you have a read on it but maybe what you assume people know is something that people are still looking to learn so I think just listening to your audience and that's probably um, honestly like a great tip for really any kind of business in general like listen to your audience take them seriously Mm -hmm. you know not exactly give them what they want but really just tune into what they need and what they're looking for yeah listen check in like the great thing about Instagram and the internet and things like that is that you can it's really easy to ask people questions and to do polls and it they they've kind of made it easy to get to know everyone and that's yeah that's a great tip so I have one last question for you and this is a question that I ask everyone so this is the air and earth podcast lifting you up keeping you grounded so what is something currently that is lifting you up so like making you happy and feel light and what is something more that's grounding you and maybe it's the same thing maybe it's two different things maybe it's a few things it can be whatever that's a good question. Um, okay. I would say my air or what's lifting me up right now is feeling this fresh energy from the new year. I'm not really a big resolutions person, but I feel like it's kind of an acceptable time to do things differently. And so I've been making a lot of changes to the way that I run, you know, my social media or just the way that I function as a human. Um, because I feel like it's a great time to do that. Everyone's kind of evolving right now. Um, everything's a little bit slower because we're still kind of gearing up to the new year. And so it's been great. So I've been working a lot on like saying no to more things, changing the way that I share content, which has been kind of scary, but I think it's the best time to do that. And because of that, I just feel so much more energized that I'm living, um, I guess, my truth and the way that I feel like doing things. <laughs> Um, and then what's grounding me, I would say is definitely my Google calendar. I live and die by my Google calendar, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) just being, um, embracing it. I used to kind of be like, I need to be free and live outside of my Google calendar. And this year I'm like, you know what? Like, that's what helps me stay on track. And that's what helps me find success and feel grounded and calm knowing that there's something in my life that I have under control that's right now. I know exactly what's going to happen that day. Um, and so I really love that I'm just embracing it and not trying to like attach any stigma of being tied down to my Google counter because I love it and it helps me. So, um, yeah, that's definitely what it is for me, I would say. And also going outside every single day. That's been a big tip because I don't always leave the house. Like I realize that, especially as it's cold, I'm like, geez, I didn't even leave the house today. My yoga practice at home. And I'm like, no, 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 I need to leave the house. (laughs) So that's been helping me a lot. And yeah, I'd love to know what yours are, too. Oh, uh, what 
I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh wait, have I even thought about this? I'm always asking this question. It's so funny though that like I'm a big planner too. I still do like the old-fashioned paper planner. I don't know why. I love it though. I just like, like I love technology, but I something about like I'm holding up my planner for everybody listening. It's literally right next to me. So yeah, I'm definitely a big planner. I'd say like, dang. Lifting me up, probably, like, I have a lot of incredible people in my life right now, and it's just been expanding even more, like, as I've been doing the podcast, I've been talking to a lot of amazing people, and, yeah, those people are really, like, like inspiring me and, like, motivating me a lot. Keeping me grounded, I'd have to say, like, nature's always grounding me. Anytime that I'm getting into this place where I'm like, ah, I just, like, take a day, go outside, even just, not even a day, like, sometimes I'll, I'll take a full day and, like, go do a hike or something, because I'm in this really, like, nature-y part of the country, but even just, yeah, like, taking a walk outside. Thanks for asking! Yeah. That's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to take a second, right before we wrap up, and just, um, just honor you a little bit, because, like, you have such an incredible story and you are so you're so open with everything that you've been through which is a lot of you know tough stuff and it's just clear that you've become you know you're at this place where you're more at peace with everything and you're you're using it for good in the world through your own healing you are also healing the world and that is such a beautiful thing that you you share that with others and I can just clearly see that other people really look up to you for that and I really look up to you for that so thank you so much for everything you do thank you for coming on here and sharing your story and I'm just really thankful thank you yeah I'm so grateful we connected I think you're doing the same thing and I feel the same way about you which is why this is so incredible feels very synchronistic Oh, it's so fun. I love it so much. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah, next time in, I'm in New York, we'll have to yes. get together and eat some That'd be food. <laughs> that would be so fun. Well, to everyone listening, I will have all of Remy's information below, her Instagram, her YouTube, her website, all the information on where to find her. And, yeah, if you haven't checked her out yet, go look. Her food's incredible. Her pictures are incredible. Her content, her story, it's all incredible. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a good rest of your day.